And welcome to another edition to the Green and Gold Then and Now podcast. I'm Steve Zotke, along with Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb here. And one hell of a game against the Lions. You know, we're uh, week six uh, is in the books, and we got five wins. Yeah, can't argue with that. You really can't. And uh, I, I guess my question to you, Jeffrey, was there any time during that game you were panicking? Oh yeah, absolutely, really? absolutely. I mean, I, okay, maybe in the when it was thirteen, was ten nothing, thirteen nothing, whatever. I wasn't, I wasn't worried then. It. Uh, when did you start to panic? Late in the first half, you know, it uh, it just looked like the Packers. They just they didn't look the same, and uh, you know, I I was definitely panicking, and uh, you know that interception that bounced off of uh, Shepard's hands. Yeah. And that nice return, and uh, it took forever to tackle the guy that picked the ball off. You know, it. Uh, I will say this: a lot of people, you know, are talking about the refs and all that kind of stuff. They helped us out big time. That's not to say we're not owed. Well, exactly. That's what I was saying. I was screaming at the TV. Booger is going nuts. Like Booger, have you not watched any games this year? There's been calls like this all, you know. For the last two years, there's been calls like this. Now all of a sudden, you're you're pointing it out and making the Packers look like assholes. I mean, there's been a lot of bad calls in the league this year, and he is just going off. I'm like, hey, hey, you know, chill out. Don't forget, we're the we were the most screwed team. Well, except for, well, except for the Saints last year, but up until that point, you know, with uh, uh, what do we? I see, I got wiped out of my. Uh, well, you know, the fail Mary. Fail Mary, that's it. You man. know, um, there was so many times that the Packers have been screwed on, but that's on the big awful one. calls. The big one was the fail Mary with the replacement refs, and it was just a crock, you know. And for, uh, you know, like I said, they, they we we are owed quite a few. We're, we're still in the negative on that one, I think. Yeah, I do too. You know, we're definitely owed a couple more. You would think that because of the fail Mary and because that – call alone pretty much put the gas pedal to getting the uh, regular referees back to work, you would think that they would be trying to help out the Packers. Right. And uh, it, it hasn't seemed that way. But, uh, you know, that being said, you know, the, uh, the Lions, they screwed themselves. And do I feel bad for them? Hell no. And uh, it is what it is. Like I said, you know, we were due. We finally got uh, a little bit of relief from um, from the refs, and uh, you won't hear me complain. Well, here's the deal. You know, you watch the Bucks last year, or you watch any NBA game or any college game you, in basketball. What 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 do you see? A lot of times, you'll see the coaches working on the referees, talking to the refs whispering in your ear and somewhat you have that in the NBA I mean in the NFL and and so you have a, a report that you know back to Ari was was talking to the ref saying hey watch this guy for the hands to the face and they called it now was there some gainsmanship by him by kind of thrusting his head back and 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 what sure there may have been but you know you're trying to get any advantage you can and and as Foot, you, you've had this all through the history of football, of, of ways to, especially offensive linemen. I mean, is there another position 
out there in which they're always being critiqued and you have to kind of bend the rules as much as you can. I mean, you have to. You're, 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 in most cases, you're protecting a very valuable asset. In this particular case, it's Aaron Rodgers. But you're, you're trying to protect them in any way you can to gain an advantage. You're going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is he wrong in doing that? I mean, is is it is, there's some gamesmanship there? Yes, but okay. So he, he you know, he he baited the ref into making the call. I mean, that's been that's been done in sports since the beginning of time, isn't it? Whether, yeah. And, and especially with uh, pass interference, whether it's flopping in the NBA or in basketball in particular, whether it's European football, there's all sorts of gamesmanship involved. Even even so much, especially in college football, you'll see it when they you know they tell the receiver if you get a hard hit, stay on the ground and look hurt, because how many times have you seen that? And they throw the flag four or five seconds afterwards because the wide receiver seems like has not moved. Right, and you know everybody that knows you know me and you from the final inspection show. We love racing, and what's the motto in racing? If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Right. And, uh, you know, so is there gamesmanship? Hell yeah, and there should be. And more guys should be trying to do it. I'm sure they all are in their own way. But there's nothing wrong with what Bakhtiari did, trying to point out and try to get a call for later. At the end of the day, you're judged in football by wins and losses. However you get there, you get there. And so... You know, do I think it's an awful thing? Hell no. You know, it's the same thing. You know, now a lot of the talk with the baseball playoffs going on, and there seems to be this cloud of uh, of suspicion around the Houston Astros on if they're stealing signs from the catcher and relaying those to the pitcher. Uh, if you're not trying to steal signs, why not? Mm-hmm. Every team should be trying to steal signs and looking for every advantage that you can. You know, as Brewer fans, you guys have seen them come one game short and, you know, uh, have to go to a game 163 the following year. If there's something you can do to steal a game or two games during the, the regular season, hell yeah, you do it. So it is what it is. I, you know, suck it up. I'm just surprised that all of a sudden this has been an issue. Yeah, okay, I might have my Packer glasses on, but still, I mean, is that any worse than that bullshit call that Clay Matthews got last year against the Rams? No. And is then it any worse got than any pass interference call that we've been dealing with since we were kids that has been suspect? And that's a 40-yard penalty. Granted, this was an automatic first down, but how many times have we seen suspect pass interference calls that go for 20, 30, 40 yards. All the time. And Clay got dinged last year twice on both times were just absolute dog shit, awful calls. So, you know, it, like I said, they shouldn't have kicked. If the Lions want a bitch, they shouldn't have kicked five field goals. Booger just needs to shut up because he's awful. And his, you know, he's just bad at his job. I was, you know, I was very neutral with, with that team up until Last Monday, I was like, I've been hearing complaints about him. And I've been, hey, eh, you know, eh. Joe Tessitore, he can be a little, you know, he's, he's a little 
bombastic, whatever you uh, you know, bombastic, what whatever you want to call it. He gets, he kind of, you know, he tries to sell it, and he's, oh, he tries to get excited, and he's the direct contrast to Al Michaels, who's been criticized of maybe being too, oh uh, yeah, and he's runs in for the touchdown. You know, he's right. You know, he's been kind of real on low, Mister Low Key lately, where Tessator is the other way, and Booger was like, yeah, just. I, it's, I, I just, I was, that's one of, I, we hear the criticisms with, with Buck and Aikman and I don't have any, uh, we, we, we actually, we talked about it last week too, a little bit. You know, I think you and I are on the same page with Joe Buck. We have no real complaints about Joe Buck. Aikman, I think is just a, he's a below average color guy. I mean, if he, if he was, if he was, uh, Think of uh, Danny White. I don't know whoever. Just think of a mediocre uh, uh, Cowboys quarterback. He wouldn't be where he's at. He's one of these guys because he's Troy Aikman. He's a good-looking guy who played for UCLA, and that oh, you know, let, let's sign him up. I, I just don't don't think he really brings much to the game. No, he doesn't, and he always looks like he is high as hell. <laughs> you know, there's always three or four shots during a game. It seems like every time the camera's on Aikman, it looks like, you know, he's just smoked a half a pound of the devil's lettuce, and he's up there eating Cheetos. But, um, <laughs> you know, I I don't have a problem. You know, my problem with Joe Buck is, you know, uh, his ego. It just pours through the screen. He thinks that, you know, he knows all and all that kind of crap. Uh, like my problem with Bob Costas, you know, he is I think a self- Costas has become just incorrigible. I oh, think God. I, mean, I think I actually awful. used that word uh, last week. Yeah, he's, uh, especially during that Brewer game. I was surprised how unprepared he was. Ridiculously unprepared. I was shocked because I could see if he went over and did maybe another sport – but he's Mr. Baseball. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just. And he's appointed himself. Jim He's Cotton a self-appointed savior of baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I can't listen to Bob Costas. He's right up there with Chris Berman for me, where it's just you hear him on, and I'll sit there and throw music on in the background to watch the game on mute because I just yeah. can't do it. It's, it's that awful. But uh, getting back to uh, to the Packers, you know, there were some standout performances, man. Alan Lazard, you want to talk about well, stepping up? And and uh, I was I was really big on him in the preseason and some of the earlier podcasts, and I, I really because not only does I so well, he's one of the guys I saw at Iowa State I thought wow this you know you kind of noticed him when he was on the field for the Cyclones but then when he came into camp it's like oh yeah I remember that guy and he's got the physical tools and you're thinking well okay what's the deal why didn't he catch on with Jacksonville well last year Jacksonville was actually kind of deep at wide receiver and you know, you're thinking, okay, and he looked good, and and I was like, okay, where's Alan Lazard? Where's Alan Lazard? And then, was it two or three games ago? You know, we were seeing a lot when they trade after they traded Trevor Davis, they kind of skipped over him with with Shepard, which okay, I understand why, but I was like, eh, I don't know about it. I like Lazard, maybe not as a punt returner, 
or kickoff returner, but you know, definitely would like to see him as your number four, or number five guy. And then with the injuries, I'm thinking, and it was good to see uh, Rogers kind of lobby for him too, because mm-hmm. what he what he showed on Monday night was was not a surprise to me. No, you know, it was to me. I, uh, you know, Alan Lazard, I didn't give him a whole lot of credit, uh, to be honest. But as we have seen so far this season, obviously Adams is hurt. Uh, Geronimo Allison is just hot garbage. He is just, yeah. He sucks. And MVS is not much better. And, you know, I put, uh, I would give Gmo his grade for the season is an F. Yeah. F minus. Yeah. And I would put MVS as about maybe a D, D plus at best. So those guys suck. Um, Kumaro hasn't shown much. Kumaro is interesting because you see a couple times Rodgers has kind of, you know, worked, worked balls his way mm-hmm. and, and kind of forced him in there and trying to get him in trying to get him in. But, yeah, I've been kind of surprised that he hasn't stepped up. Mercedes and Lewis had himself one hell of a again, game. Again, were, yep. were two or three plays where you're like, whoa, dude, wow. And, and these are hard to catch. I mean, these are those are not easy catches. That one down the sideline was yeah. a what a that just was a, a freaking bullet. What a gorgeous pass by yeah. Rodgers and a phenomenal catch and run by Mercedes he Lewis. Caught it, he caught it with your, his hands, which, you know, the guys weren't doing Monday night, especially in the first half. But it, it's, you know, I, yeah, very, very impressed. But, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm watching Shepard, and I'm watching all these drops, and I go text the guys. I said, I said right now, I said, there's better guys on the street. So I went on and I looked and I said, you know, I, I said, here's some free agents that we, we need to look at. And so I, I, I texted my buddy. I go, yeah, let's see. There's uh, Ryan Grant, Crabtree, Garcon, and even Dezer out there. Mm-hmm. Any one of those four guys would be better than who we have. Yeah. What happened today? They signed Ryan Grant, my first choice. Yeah. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, is he... Is he going to be the second coming of Christ? No, but he, you know, if, if get him in the mix, and you know, he should be, he, you know, he should be able to contribute right away, and and, and if throw the ball to him, let's let's hopefully he catches it. I, I mean, these we can't have any more balls going off a face mask in the defender's hands. I know my thing with uh, with signing these wide receivers now is that my hope, you know, we've, we've for years have heard about how certain players get into Aaron Rodgers' doghouse and they never right. seem to get out. Now, Rodgers has switched his game a lot under LeFleur. Spreading the ball. You know, he's spreading the ball out. He's not yeah. holding on to it as long, uh, making quicker decisions, all that kind of stuff. I really hope that he doesn't wait a month or six weeks until Grant has the system down pat before he starts throwing on the ball. You know, if you want to sit there in the huddle and call the play, and if Grant doesn't understand what the play is, just look at him and say, you know, out and up. Run, you know, run a 15-yard post. Nine pattern, you know, just, just, you know. Something. But he's got to get him the ball. 
because this wide receiving core is what's going to hold this Packers offense back. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones struggled against the Lions. But, but, but then you had Williams. There you go. And that and that was where people are uh, – that's why all the teams are going to a two-back system for that particular situation. And when one gets injured, the other one can step up and vice versa – we saw that with with uh, you know what what with Jamal Williams getting hurt against the Eagles, you know it wasn't a win, but you know it it you need two, you know you need that one A and one B. Yeah, and and everybody was was oh Aaron Williams Aaron or Aaron Jones Aaron Jones, but Jamal Williams is like hey hey don't forget about me. Oh, and he she showed why yeah. uh, against the Lions that uh, that was a hell of a, a performance. So. You know, a lot of guys played well. Um, and, you know, let's not forget Aaron Rodgers because he played phenomenal as well. He had that interception that, you know, yeah, uh, Shepard was open and, you know, he could have placed the ball better. But if it hits you in the hands, you got to catch it. So the fact that it hit him in the hands, went off his face mask right into the defender's hands, I don't throw that one on A-Rod. Uh, but you know, the phenomenal pass to Mercedes Lewis down the sideline, he had the phenomenal pass at the end for the touchdown to Lazard, you know, he looked phenomenal and, uh, you know, it's, it seems like the lions have now become, you know, kind of that thorn in the side for the Packers where for years, you know, they just steamrolled them uh, all the time because the lions were so bad. But that team is getting night and day better. They they're good now. That yeah, is a good team. Yeah. And Matthew Stafford is heads uh, heads above the other two quarterbacks for second best quarterback in the NFC He's North. Always has been. And he, I I loved him because of my, my my basically in the past my fantasy. Football strategy was awesome. Let the big quarterbacks go, and then uh, you know I'll take Stafford in the fifth or sixth round, and it, it's done very well for me in the past. Now I haven't done that the last couple of years, but now this year you're seeing, you know what what he can do. I've I've always been he's been a very very capable quarterback. Um, getting, but I thought you know once again Terry who's been on our podcast. Uh, before he texted me, he's bitching about you know this 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 vaulted defense is just giving up giving up 200 yards in the first quarter, you know I'm like well okay yeah, one was on a flea flicker and all that, but after that you know he threw for 265 yards no touchdowns right so we didn't get a turnover out of it but I mean yeah Packers it was it was looking ugly there but that defense was able to tighten up in the second half which it did. And holding them to nine points. I mean, they got that quick thirteen points, and then after that, it was just nine. You know, they kept them the field goals. Well, what did the defense allow? Fifty-eight yards in the second half. Yeah, I mean, they were really, they really, really buckled down. And once again, the Smith brothers was getting. And this is this is, I think, the most important point with this defense right now is it, getting the pressure with the four. And then putting the rest in coverage in that. And you, right. you and you, that's been so valuable. That's why last year they weren't able they, they were having so many issues because they weren't getting pressure with the four. They haven't had pressure for years. Right. You know, and uh 
it's it's night and day. And granted, Goody went out, got the Smith brothers, and um, you know they're they're obviously more active now in free agency than they were under Sleepy Ted. <laughs> but um, you know, it, talk about a night and day difference, and it just makes you think back, or at least it does for me. And granted, I have a lot of hate still for Mike McCarthy. Um, still boiling up in you. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I, Oh God, I hate him, but you know, it just makes you think that if he didn't force Dom capers down our throats year after year after piss poor year, what might have been, you know, because it's just, it seems like so many years got wasted with Ron Zook as the special teams well, coordinator here's the and Dom Capers as the defensive coordinator, it was just so bad. McCarthy man. didn't want to hire anybody who would have was going to be a threat. Right. And you can see that with his coordinators and that. They were all guys that weren't going to be head coaches in the future. Right. And and that, and that now in hindsight you can really, really see that. But that's why there, there were – it became stagnant, and that's why he's watching, you know, volleyball games now instead of coaching in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And but let, let, let's go back to the game. Um, I thought this was a very interesting stat. Uh, on Johnson was a very popular fantasy football uh, running back pick. Yep, because uh, Packers has showed some cracks against a run. Thirteen rushes, thirty-four yards, two point six average. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that run defense, man. And Carryon Johnson is not a bad player. He is oh, good. Question, Jeffrey. Yes, sir. Why didn't they use TJ Hawkinson more? I don't know, especially. Four, four catches for 21 yards, but those four catches, he looked really good and looked like they could have been a lot more. Mm-hmm. But we finally got some linebackers, and there was a couple of mismatches. There was one mismatch uh, uh, against uh, 38, Tremont Williams. But, you know, there is – I'm like, oh, this could be a problem, and then he would disappear. He'd go off I – mean, I understand he's a rookie and everything, but throw him in the deep end. I think he should be able to handle it, right? He unless better he, be able to handle it. A, unless he has some I, – I think he was hurt. He's getting over-injured, so maybe they want to manage his, uh, you know, how many plays he's out there. You might be on a pitch count. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a kid that's going to be – well, that's – Granted, first round draft pick. I don't like drafting f- tight ends in the first round. Hell no, me neither. Or the same thing with wide receivers. But yeah, he looks uh, he looks pretty. He's going to be a force to deal with in the future. Unfortunately, yeah, he's going to be the real deal. And uh, you know, Green Bay in uh, past history has a awful. They've done an awful job of covering opposing tight ends. We get lit up all the time by the tight end. You know, Kyle Rudolph alone from Minnesota has just lit us up yeah. a taunt. You know, we always get lit up by tight ends. So, yeah, I was with you, you know, and I'm glad, obviously, that the Lions didn't force feed him the ball and uh, have more design plays for him trying to get him open because I'm I'm not sure that it wouldn't have worked. This is an interesting stat. I'm going to go through the receivers for the Packers. Leading receiver was Alan Lazard, four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Second, Mercedes Lewis, two catches, 50 yards. Yeah. And then we have uh, MVS, two for 48. Geronimo Allison, 
three for 40, but he had about, what, seven or eight targets. Yeah, a ton. And uh, Jamal Williams, four for 32. Jimmy Graham, two for 17. There was a couple. He had uh, more targets, though. He probably had about six targets, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jake Humero, two for 17. Aaron Jones, four for 13. Darius Shepard, who I texted my buddies and said, out. Put him on the rail and out of town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, he, you know. Uh, one for one. So he had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It was nine targets. So, and that, yeah, that's been kind of the uh, uh, MO lately, spreading the ball around. And when, you, when you're able to do that, that certainly uh, helps when you're, you know, losing somebody like Devontae Adams. Well, you know, it seems like when Devontae's healthy, that Aaron Rodgers, you know, will straight up right. force the ball to Devontae Hard to a ton. Do too with Sterling Sharp early on. Well, of course. And, uh, you know, you understand it because Devontae's one hell of a talent, and obviously so is Abrod. So with Devontae being out, you have to spread the ball around. And he's doing a very good job of that. It still seems to me that he's trying to force the ball now to Geronimo Allison, who, you know, like I said 10 minutes ago, is, is hot garbage and sucks ass. And it seems like uh, Rodgers is trying to force the ball to Jimmy Graham a lot. And Jimmy Graham can make the spectacular catch, but if you hit him in the numbers, he drops the damn ball. Which, you know, a lot of it reminded me of James Jones early in his career that he could make the highlight uh, put me on Center catch, but then if you hit him right in the numbers, there was no way in hell he was going to hold on to it. So it's frustrating and all that, but I just don't understand why every single time in the red zone, the you know, when they pass the ball on first down, you know it's going to Jimmy. And I just shake my head every time because I don't think it's been successful yet. Here's another fellow we haven't really talked about um, is J.K. Scott. He had a 51.7 average. He's been punting. I mean, this is why, this is why they drafted him, which I know you're not supposed to draft a punter, but – all right, we did it. But this is what we were kind of what it's hoping to get last year. We didn't. Right. But he certainly uh, is now he's bringing it this year. Now it'll be interesting to see what happens in December because it's one thing to punt in September and October. Let's see what happens when it, you know, when that temperature starts dropping. Well, and the end of last season is when J.K. Scott fell off the rails. He really did. You know, he was, he, you know, he was still iffy early in the season. But he was more good than bad. But then once the weather got cold, he was just flat out bad. So hopefully that doesn't happen because he's been a huge part of flipping the field position for this team and keeping the Packers in the game. And what game was it where he kicked like that 61 or 65-yard punt Mm -hmm. at the end to basically seal the deal, and, and that was the nail in the coffin that gave the Packers the victory. So, you know, he's paying huge dividends, and, you know, I said after they drafted him, what an arrogant pick that a team with as many holes as the Packers had to pick a fucking punter, (laughs) and he's making me eat those words every single game so far this season, and I'm glad he is. Uh, Also, not only did they sign Ryan Grant and let uh, Trey Carson go, but they also, uh, Jace uh, Sternberger, who was kind of a surprise, uh, wasn't on too many people's radars uh, early on, when he was drafted, uh, is coming back. So it'll be there's another weapon 
that the, the that he that uh, Aaron Rodgers has. So it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get into the mix. Well, I wouldn't really call Jace a weapon yet. We haven't seen it. You know, he needs to prove it before I'll I'll title him a weapon. But he's got potential. He's got a lot. He's had a lot of time to prepare. No where he's supposed to be, at least. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those injuries where, uh, you know, he he's, he should be healthy now. And, uh, you know, with the injury to Tanyan, mm-hmm. who we're still waiting to film the blossom, we've seen the potential with him. Now maybe, maybe Sternberger can realize, hey, this is an opportunity for me to get the ball. Oh, I hope so. You know, every you know, we all see Jimmy Graham struggle, and he's old, and he God, he looks so goddamn slow out there. Uh, you know, but I've you know with the with the catches that Mercedes Lewis had, you know, he looks slower than dog shit too. So, you know, this is a good opportunity for Sternberger, given the injury to Tanyan. There's no young guy sitting there knocking on the door of the tight end position with Tanya and Hurt. So all he's got to do is show that he can block, you know, as good as Mercedes Lewis and catch better than old man Graham, and he should solidify his spot, earn the trust of Rodgers very quickly, and start seeing the ball a lot more. You know, depending on how long Tanya is out, if Sternberger balls out, and really shows what he can do and has a few just back-to-back-to-back good, good games, he could sit there and leap over Tanyan on the depth chart and become basically, you know, one a top two, top three weapon for Aaron Rodgers going forward. And all that's going to do, if I'm, if I'm Sternberger, I'm sitting back thinking, man, if I ball out right now, I am going to make a ton of money. And hopefully that, you know, something motivates him like that where he gets it done and uh, and the Packers offense benefits big time. You're not worried about Crosby, are you? Well, not after last week. You know, not after the Lions game. But uh, I still, I would have gone the other way. I, I would have cut him in, in, uh, in tra- after training camp. Really? And, yeah. See, and I, I said a reason why you don't do that is because you don't, you don't. You try not to. You, you try to protect your head coach a little bit, and you don't want to really put a rookie rookie kicker with a rookie head coach, right? Because then you're you're kind of could be exposed unless the guy's a sure thing. And you know, in this case, I I just think uh, this is probably Crosby's last last year. Who knows? But you know, I mean we've seen this just when you think these guys are going away, they, 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 they keep them around. And, well, and, and unless you have a situation like the 49ers have right now, you know, it was them. great to see with Mason Crosby. Obviously he is a, it's a good locker room guy too. A very good locker room guy. And if you know, Rogers what, loves him. When, when the Packers come out, who are the first two guys to come out? Well, Rogers and Crosby. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guys in the locker room love him. You know, he, uh, he's gone through a ton with his wife having mm-hmm. cancer and all that kind of stuff. It was a great moment to see Mason Crosby do the Lambeau leap after he nailed that game-winning field goal. And, uh, you know, if that doesn't kind of get you in the feels, you yeah. know, then you have right. no soul. Because, uh, 
you know, that that was phenomenal. That said, I still would have gone with Ficken because Mason Crosby, you know, it's just too much money to pay a kicker. And, uh, you know, obviously they really need them. Well, yeah, of course. You know, they're very important. They could win you and lose you a game, you know, look at the double doink and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, that the Bears had that ended their season. I just remember the post-Stenerud era when we got rid of Stenerud because he was, quote, too old, and then he went over to to the Vikings and played with the Vikings for three or four years and was very, very competitive, was very – and won won games for them, and we struggled and we lost. We lost a hell of a lot more games than the Vikings won with Stenerud. Yeah, you know, and, and it was—it's just we were in the wilderness when it comes to kickers, and we've, we've seen teams that do that. The Bears, for one thing, you a, know, it's a it, very important position because when when it's all on the line, that's when they're out there on the field. Case in point, the Colts. Yeah, v- Vinatieri, you're like, and you know, uh, Ursay had a sit down with him and said, "Hey, you're our kicker." You know, and I, th- I think it was Ursay that actually stepped up and said, "No, we're not cutting him. We're let him. Let's talk to him. Talk him off the you know side of the building the way he was because he was he was devastated. He was just like, I I got a, I got, I got nothing left. And lo and behold, he goes down next week and you know kicks butt. So, you know, it's I I just I I'm happy they kept Crosby because I just thought. Don't screw with that. That's not this ain't the year to do it. No, well, you know you're definitely being proven right, and uh, and I'm being proved the other way. Final thoughts on the, on the Lions. Suckers, suck it. You lost, yeah. and three and zero in the division for the Packers. Now, you know now it's interesting because now they play all games outside of their division until the final three weeks of the season. So you have six games where you knock out half of your division games, and now you have the entire middle of the season and you don't play one divisional opponent until the final three weeks of the year. Uh, You want to talk about a pressure cooker coming in December, and you want to sit there and obviously separate yourself more uh, the best you can now so you're not making it where you have to win all three of those games mm-hmm. to win the North and to get a home playoff game. You want to sit there and have a nice cushion where if you go on, heaven forbid, a three-game slide at the end of the year, you're still locked in for a wild card minimum. And, you know, in a perfect scenario, you would like to only have to win one out of the final three to get yourself the division crown. Yeah, it, it, it's it's they're in a very very good position, but the season. I mean, case I know this is. I just remember 1978. 1978, uh, Packers were six and one. Okay, and I was just a dumb kid. I'm thinking, oh my god, they're gonna go to the Super Bowl because <laughs> I I didn't remember I in in my you know at my time. I'm 12 years old. You know, I can't remember any time that the Packers at that time were six and one. Right. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Well, they ended up the season eight, seven, and one. Now, I don't expect that here because there's a big difference between Aaron Rodgers and uh, David Whitehurst, who was the quarterback that year. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, they ended up eight, seven, and one and lost on a tiebreaker to the Vikings. Yeah. 
who also finished the year 8-7-1, and I think it was the Vikings that we actually tied because of missed kicks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our little bit of our then and now. That that, that was the then part was, yeah, 1978. That's when – and Turdell Middleton rushed for 1,000 yards that year, and he had been the first rusher uh, to do that since John Brockington in 72, 73, and 74. And he was the first – uh, NFL player to rush for a thousand yards first three years. Wow, that's awesome. Even before uh, OJ Simpson, Jim Brown, yeah, that was a kind of a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember '78. I was one. So <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, it was very very frustrating. And then you think, okay, the next year we might have something going, and they didn't. I think '79 they finished. Uh, they were five and eleven. I think they went five and eleven, four and twelve. Yeah, and then they got, awful. and then Dickey came in, and they started to get the offense started to click. But once again, no defense though. They just had a sieve for a defense. But anyways, uh, this week get John Gruden and the Raiders once again. We yeah. saw them in Canada. They won on a last second field goal, if I recall. Yeah, and um. Of course, neither team showed anything because they knew that they were going to be playing again on an eighty-yard field. It'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be uh, that was seen a long time ago, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, it does. The worst, the worst season ever of hard knocks. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was awful, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't want people to panic now, if the pa- you know, because let's face it, once or twice a year, every team plays as that shit game mm-hmm. where just nothing works out. If you're going to have a shit game, this is the game to have it. Why is that, Jeffrey? Because it's an AFC team. Exactly. So, and so if you're going to lay a turd, let, let's, let's, I don't think they are, but I'm saying if you're going to do it, let's do it against the Raiders. See, for me, if they're going to lay a turd, I'd, I'd have them wait a week and do it against KC. Yeah. Because that's that, on the road. That's not at home. But it's on Sunday Night Football, and I don't hate that when that happens. Yeah, but we, you don't do we suck. We suck in prime time. You know. Well, except for Monday night. No, Monday night we're good, though. Because I, uh, here, I got to. It seems stand. like every time we're on Sunday night or Thursday night, we struggle. And uh, I, I, I don't know why that is. But it just seems like, uh, you know, games that we should win, we don't. Aaron Rodgers has won five straight Monday night football games. And during that span, he has 14 touchdowns against one interception. Yeah. Well, that's badass. What about Sunday and Thursday? It's not good. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, it's not good. But, uh, oh, and then also regarding, uh, we were talking about being 3-0 and in the division. That equals, I think, what we won in our last two years in divisional games. I think they only yeah. won three yeah. over the last two years. I think you're right, you know. And and uh, the uh, FPI thing, that ESPN program that they have, Packers now have a 55% chance to win the division. Now, don't forget, last year, they, uh, I think that same uh, computer program said the Brewers had a, I think, a 5% chance to win the division in September or whenever right. they made their run, so. For, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, I don't pay attention to that crap. But, um, you know, I think it sets us up. I think we're set up well uh, for this game against the Raiders. Obviously, it's a short week for us. The Raiders were on the bye last week. 
So rest, health, game plan, all benefits Oakland in this game. Yeah. But Oakland, you know, they get rid of Khalil Mack two years ago, the whole Antonio Brown fiasco this year, and now their offensive lineman is being, you know, accused of domestic violence as well. It just seems like the Raiders are going to Raider. And that is a team that is constantly in chaos. And it doesn't matter who the head coach is. It doesn't matter who they have on their team. You know, uh, you had that offensive lineman flip out and go AWOL during the Super Bowl. Yeah, Uh, There's something in the air in Oakland where these guys are just not mentally stable. You had uh, Vontez Burfecht. Um, suspended for the entire season, which is ridiculous. And what a stupid-ass suspension. I don't care about his history. You don't suspend a guy 12 games. And um, it's just there's You're something. You're the minority in that. Well, whatever. It... I, I tend to believe you because I don't think you should take a guy who's living away. But, yeah, that that was – that's. Hey, I've been saying for years – I would love him in the green and gold. So he brings a knucklehead. He is a knucklehead. I don't want a knucklehead on my team. I do. He brings the nasty. And uh, obviously, you know, it's it's easier this year to say no because we've seen what the addition of the Smith brothers has brought uh, camaraderie-wise, production-wise, everything like that. Completely changed our defense, those two guys alone. But if you look back to the last eight years of an awful Packer defense that, you know, all the draft picks that got wasted in that secondary, Mm. all the draft picks that got wasted on that defensive line, you know, you're not, you can't tell me that having a dude with complete nastiness and just F you to the world attitude wouldn't have done wonders on those horrible Packer defenses back in the day because I don't believe you. I I understand that there was a time where we definitely needed some nastiness on that, and we could have used it in Seattle for a couple games uh, in the past couple of years, but... um, yeah, uh, eh, you know, I I guess, you know, I'm a guy who loves history and that, but there comes a point where, you know, you can only, you can't keep beating yourself up for decisions that weren't made by you. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I, uh, you know, sure, my, our, my childhood sucked because the Packers sucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I think I, I, somebody said, uh, who is it? There's a lot of people in Cincinnati and Cleveland who, you know, who could could care less about that because of the, what they had in, to endure in that. So, you know, I mean, we are in a bit of a golden age right now for Wisconsin sports. I mean, we we, we there's a there's a definitely opportunity for the Badgers to get in the college playoff. I think the Packers are going to be in the, in the mix. I'm just going to say in the NFC for now. I'm not going to say Super Bowl. Let's not put the cart in head of the, you know the cart in front of the horse, but it's looking very good right now. Uh, you have the Brewers have been in the playoffs two years in a row, which hasn't happened in thirty years. You have the Bucks 
you know, probably one of the, the favorites to win a championship. You know, so I mean, things are 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 looking really good for Wisconsin sports, and you know, for the kids that work at this radio station, you know, we always we kind of tease them a little bit because they really don't know about the the hard hard, hard times. You know, when the Brewers were losing, you know, a hundred games, and uh, you know, the Packers sucked when we were in high school and whatnot, and they they do remember the the Bucks when they when we you know when they sucked, but. You know, it it it's we are in a special time right now, aren't we? Yeah, somewhat. I mean, somewhat. until we Where's until the we win rings. That's a thing. Yeah, until we 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 need a ring. We need to win a ring. Yeah, we need right trophies. It's and, been nine uh, years. You know, the Packers need to win the Super Bowl. You know, uh, Wisconsin. Jesus, beat Ohio State, will you? You know, how many times have we seen Wisconsin have one hell of a season and then they go up against Ohio State and get their asses beat? Uh, you know, so we need rings and, you know, the Bucks have had a lot of success, um, and it doesn't look like that's going to stop anytime soon, but where's your NBA finals appearance? Oh, they haven't got there. <laughs> you know, the Brewers, they make the playoffs two years in a row, look phenomenal, had the MVP. Uh, where's your trip to the world series? You know, it's not there. So. It uh, Yes, it is a good time, and there's a lot more good than bad when it comes to Wisconsin sports. But don't forget all the heart-breaking losses that each one of those teams has caused us over the years, Steve, because it happens all the time. You know, uh, when Wisconsin, any team from Wisconsin, when they go out, they go out bad, man. It ain't, you know, they're not going out. The Brewers aren't going out 15 nothing. You know, they're up 8-zip and lose 9-8 and 10. You know, it is a kick in the nuts times 100 the way that our teams lose late in the year. And, uh, you know, until they start bringing home the hardware, it's hard to get all excited over having, you know, pretty much every team in the state being contenders. It's great. It's phenomenal. It makes pretty much every day of the year interesting sports-wise in this in the great state of Wisconsin. It does. And we're very lucky. Except we don't have the hardware and we right. need it. That remains to be seen. Hopefully somebody can come through this year. <laughs> Let's go green and gold or at least baby in the spring. Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. The number one, it's it would be the uh, Packers. I hope so. I you know I hope that we get a couple for Rodgers because Rodgers needs that second one to really he, set himself. He sure as hell does, and uh, and he knows that. Yeah, he does know it, and uh, you know, he, so he's hungry. Lafleur is hungry, and uh, my kids are hungry. So I I would love a couple <laughs> uh, home playoff games. I'll tell you that. Well, what do you got for uh, this coming Sunday? Packers win over the Raiders. Give me 31-13. Wow, that's weird because that's pretty much what I was going to guess. Okay. I'll say 31-16. Hey. Yeah, we're pretty I damn close. I wasn't too far off in the Lions. I was. Yeah, you did. You I thought the Packers were going to blow them out. Yeah. And, uh, and that didn't happen. 
you know, the 31-13 probably isn't taking into account the short week for the Packers, the extra week of rest for uh, the chaos-filled Raiders. But at the end of the day, it's the Raiders, it's chaos, and uh, I think the Raiders are going to Raider. And that's not good if you're a Raider fan. All right, very good. You've been listening to another segment or another what? Podcast, edition, episode, episode. There, I like that. Yeah, the green and gold uh, podcast. Then and now, we thank you for listening. Also, make sure to join us on Saturdays, twelve to two, on the final inspection show, where we talk racing and whatever else we can cobble up with. Yeah, we did some astronomy last week. We did <laughs> some weather. Yeah. You know, uh, we we'll cover pretty much everything on that show, so uh, it's good stuff. So we will talk to you again after the Raiders come into town. We'll talk to you next time. I'm Steve Zotke. Jeff Orlowski here. Thank you for listening. Go Pack Go.